The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Every week, another example of the left just completely going off the rails. It's it's comical at this point, but it's also scary because it, it just doesn't ever end. I'm Adrian Slate. Thanks for tuning in. Think about the border, the border crisis. You know, we've been having this discussion about whether or not the, these individuals who are flooding across the border are in cages, in concentration camps. Ilhan Omar is talking about how they're like, you know, we wouldn't do this to dogs. Well, dogs are, I, I'm crate training one right now. Dogs are in crates. <laughs> but so we would do that. But what we are doing is we are detaining individuals who are breaking the law. We're vetting them and then we're deporting them like any sovereign nation would do. And the conditions, they're not, they're not to the point of what we're getting from the news. The news media makes this, this beautiful picture of women and kids, and they're put in these cages, and we're you know, treating them so badly, not giving them water and toothbrushes and things of that nature, but yet we're not hearing about how Hezbollah is flying into Brazil, and they are taken through the Darien Gap in, in Panama, right into Central America. The Coyotes, who are also affiliated with MS-13 and other drug cartels, the Sinaloa cartel and, you know, whatever the case may be, they're working in tandem with Hezbollah terrorists, who are Iranian, by the way, and they're trafficking individuals across the border. These people are coming from Central American countries, waving their flag as they come up through Mexico which Trump actually has a new stance that he is putting into play. It's not really a new stance at all, if you think about it. It's basically what the UN requires. If you leave a certain state, you know, leave a certain nation, and you cross through another nation, well, guess what? That's where you go for asylum. You don't have to go to America. This is from the Texas Tribune. The Trump administration wants to make migrants who pass through another nation before entering the U.S. at its southern border ineligible for asylum. That effort would disqualify most Central American migrants. The Trump administration wants them to, well, they want the policy to take effect on this past Tuesday, and it would affect unaccompanied children. The AP reports that the policy will likely face a legal challenge, as it always does, because just like the census question, we're not allowed to put the, the question of citizenship on the census. It's going to get deflected by the courts where they have no standing and it's not within the, the purviews of their branch to do these things. But that's going to happen because for some reason we think the border is, I mean, not the border, but we think the Supreme Court is the, the god of the land because that's what the left thinks they are. You know, government is their god. The Supreme Court is their godly judgment. And so we're going to see them interfere with all this. But while this is all going on, we get a story that's not even reported in the, in the mainstream news media where a detention facility was firebombed and shot at with an AR-15. No gun control calls, no calls for banning of, of assault weapons. And when you find out who's involved, it's even more shocking. 69-year-old William Van Spronson Shot dead by police after he threw Molotov cocktails at the detention center in, in nearby cars as well. Um, he basically claimed in his manifesto, I am Antifa. So you've got Antifa out there attacking border detention facilities. News media completely silent on the whole thing. They're more concerned with the political theater of these four con congresswomen, Ilan Omar, who basically hates America. And real quick, I don't want to get into this, the distraction of the Trump tweets, the tweets that 
call for his impeachment because he tweeted something and they say, oh, he's so racist. Well, it really, he kind of cast his net a little wider than he should have. Here, I'll read it to you. Democrat, uh, I, so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from other countries, whose governments are complete and total catastrophes, the worst, the most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix those totally broken and crime-infested places for which they came? Then come back and show us how it's done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would be happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. Now, I think he cast his net a little too wide, and this has given the left the ability to capitalize on that. I mean, I think it was a clunky tweet. I get some of his sentiment, but I think it was a dumb idea to galvanize the fight that's happening between the socialist, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that bumbling fool, which we'll get into some of that here in a second, and Nancy Pelosi. You know, that, that inner... That inner turmoil is now boiling in public, and it's looking embarrassing. And what Trump did kind of galvanized them together. So not a good political move. But at the same time, he was specifically honing in on the remarks by Ilhan Omar, who is from Somalia. And that's the thing. She was born in Somalia. She doesn't like America. When she says she likes America, she likes the fact that it's not an oppressive country. In certain areas, like she likes the fact that she can live comfortably here. She likes the fact, you know, the oppression is when she talks about how elected leaders from the other side of the field are put into power, like a Donald Trump. Oh, that's suddenly oppression. I mean, she's going to, what is she going to complain about the history of slavery? She wasn't even involved in it. Her, her family wasn't even here. By the time she got here, that was all eradicated. Not so much in Somalia, but that's what we're dealing with. And for some reason, the media keeps saying, oh, why are conservatives so obsessed with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and the four? Because you guys have given them more life than anyone could ever imagine. You are helping brand them. You are helping give, give them a name ID. You have them in the news. I can't open up my Twitter feed without seeing constant praise and, and and news coverage and lauding of all four of those idiots. Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Basically, if you are somebody who sides with Palestine, somebody who sides with the Democratic Socialist, the media love affair is unbelievable for you. Sponsor for this portion of the program is Patriot Mobile. Now, we know Google and YouTube aren't just silencing conservatives online. They're also manipulating their algorithms to interfere with the 2020 elections. Meanwhile, big mobile companies are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and funding progressive candidates and causes. This includes promoting illegal immigration, abortion, and even gun control. We have only one way to preserve the Constitution and the values with which made our country great. Stick together. This means supporting each other's causes and companies. Leading the charge in this effort is veteran-led Patriot Mobile. With unlimited plans starting as $25 a month, you get the same crystal clear nationwide service with a portion of your billing going to support causes you believe in. Come on over to PatriotMobile.com. Switching is easy, and you'll get a free month of service when you use the promo code COMEONOVER. Since 2015, they have used over $2 billion to support the Constitution and the values we believe in, but we have a long way to go. You have a choice. Come on over today. PatriotMobile.com. PatriotMobile.com. Use the promo code COMEONOVER. All right, so let's get into the political theater of idiots like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So she first decides she's going to get up there in front of Elijah Cummings and, you know, the, in front of the committee there in Congress and ask to be sworn in, I guess. Thank you very much, Mr. Ocasio-Cortez. Um, Mr. Chair, I would like to be sworn in. I'm sorry? I would like to be sworn in. Oh, all right. We usually don't require uh, a swearing in, uh, but you want to be sworn in? Fine. Yes. All right. Okay. 
Okay. Do you, uh, you stand up, please? Do you swear or affirm that the testimony you are about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God. I do. You may be seated. Let the let the uh, record reflect that Ms. Ocasio Cortez answered in the affirmative. I mean. She- the political theater. This was made so that she could get on that now this news thing and they can have this dramatic music playing. And then down below it'll have in bold letters, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez testifying and she'll have her hand up when really just listen to Elijah Cummings. She's like, he's like, uh, we don't really do that. I mean, it's not like you go hail a taxi cab and you're like, taxi, taxi. And he's like, uh, where to? Uh, 42nd Street. And can I be sworn in? Uh, no. Uh, no. I, it's, it's ridiculous. And so then she ends up getting schooled by, in, in this committee, Thomas Haman, the former ICE director. She gets destroyed. And she, she basically sounds completely uninformed and like a moron. And then at the, at the end point, she doesn't even know what to say. Just listen to this. There were three different options presented. The third included the option for family separation. This initiative would pursue prosecution of all amenable adults, including those presenting with a family unit. Mr. Holman, your name is on this. Is this correct? Yes, I signed that memo. So you are the author of the family separation policy. I am not the author of this memo. You're not the author, but you signed the memo. Yes, a zero, a zero tolerance memo. So you provided the official recommendation to Secretary Nielsen on family, for the United States to pursue family separation. I gave Secretary Nielsen numerous recommendations on how to secure the border and save lives. But it says here that you, re- you gave her numerous options, but the recommendation was option three, family but separation. What I'm saying, this is not the only paper where we've given the Secretary numerous options to secure the border and save lives. And so the recommendation of the many that you recommended, you recommended family separation. I recommend a zero tolerance. Which includes family separation. The same as is whenever you, a citizen parent, gets arrested when they're with a child. Zero tolerance was interpreted as the policy that separated children from their If parents. I get arrested for DUI and I have a young child in a car, I'm going to be separated. When I was a police officer in New York and I arrested a father for domestic violence, I separated that Mr. father from Holman, his family. Mr. Holman, with all due respect, legal asylees are not charged with any crime. When you're in the country illegally, it's violation 8 United States Code 1325. Seeking asylum is legal. If you want to seek asylum, you go through the port of entry, do it the legal way. The Attorney General of the United States has made that clear. Okay. Ms. Representative, legal asylees? Yeah, AOC. Lost for words there at the end. You know, the generation of stupid wants to reimagine the United States economy by removing cow farts. No wonder they believe human nature will allow them to live like a 50-state commune of only workers-owned businesses and free everything because they're morons. The dumbassery of utopianism by ill-informed millennials who amass crap tons of debt for degrees in social justice degrees and gender studies has facilitated into political ideology. They have zero understanding of economic theory and human nature. In fact, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's chief of staff, who I think is the one feeding her these questions. I think she is an empty suit. I think this guy is pulling every string. He is on record talking about the Green New Deal. Do you guys think of it as a climate thing? Chakrabadi is his last name, he said. Because we really think of it as a how do you change the entire economy thing? Yeah, that's what we've been saying. That's what climate change is all about. It's all about redoing the entire American economy. It's not, what, for a 1% degree increase? It's a hoax. And the fact that anything that we do will get completely obliterated by the output that China and India and some of those nations are doing with no regard for any Paris Accord. In fact, we're not even in the Paris Accord and we're beating it. But that's the thing is they're so concerned about a one-degree increase 
and the rising sea levels, and we got to change our nation to a communist nation to fight this is complete and utter garbage. So when you hear them talk about climate change, substitute socialist economy in its place, and that's the real goal. Now, Democrat Representative Garcia, this guy, he claims former ICE Director Thomas Hammond doesn't care about children because children do not look like children that are around you. And then he says some amazing things. But listen to Tom Hammond. This is how you do it. You blast them back with their complete and other utter BS narratives. Have we not learned from the internment of Japanese Americans? Mr. Holman, I'm a father. Do you have children? How can you possibly allow this to happen under your watch? Do you not care? Is it because these children don't look like children that are around you? I don't get it. Have you ever held a deceased child in your arms? First of all, your comments are disgusting. I've served my I find your I've served my country. I've served my well, country sir. for 34 I find, years. I find your this comments is, this disgusting is out of control. as well. I've served my country for 34 years. And yes, I held a five-year-old boy in my arms that in back of that tractor trailer. I knelt down beside him and said a prayer for him because I knew what his last 30 minutes of his life were like. And I had a five-year-old son at the time. What I've been trying to do in my 34 years serving my nation is to save lives. So for you to sit there and insult my integrity and my love for my country and for, the, and for children, that's why this whole thing needs to be fixed. And you're the member we of Congress. We agree on that. Fix it. We agree on that, but I disagree. But I also oh, no, disagree oh, oh, with your characterization of immigration. Gentlemen, time has expired. Mr. It's Mr. my time now. Mr. Chairman. It's my time. Well, I just the gentleman ripped off about seven different questions designed to go at the character of Mr. Holman, and Mr. Holman should be given a chance to respond. It was it was ridiculous the way he just rattled them all off and wouldn't let him respond to them. Let me say this. I, I understand that. But I'm, first of all, I'm going to have civility in my hearings. All right? No, well, I want, no, no, no I I've got No, I, I, I have the floor. I understand, and I agree with I, I'm going to have civility. That's why, that's why I was banging, so that we could hear each person speak. I have been very courteous and very kind. Now, Mr. Holman, do you have something to say? No one in this room has seen what I've seen in my 34-year career. Very well. No one has experienced what I've experienced. I saw many dead bodies coming across this border. And you want to talk about the memo? This memo is one option to stop death. Not just about enforcing the law, stop death. If you want to legalize illegal immigration, good luck with that, because it's going to get a hell of a lot worse on that border. If, if you say, well, okay, from now on, there will be no consequence, no deterrence. It's not illegal to come to this country illegally. More families will come. 31% women will be raped. More children would die. We're a nation of laws. If you don't like it, sir, change it. You're the legislator. I'm the executive branch, and I've served my country honorably for 34 years. And I will not sit here and have anybody say that I don't care about children because you're not the same color as my children. Thank you very much. And so that's how it's done. So while the political theater attacking former ICE directors and, and trying to paint this narrative of, of the border being concentration camps, while that's going on and we have a firebombing of a detention center, we had another one where... They took down the American flag. I think this was in Colorado, and they raised up the Mexican flag. Now, to me, you do that when you have conquered a place. Okay? You, you don't take down a flag and raise up another one just out of protest. You may burn the American flag and look like an a-hole doing it, but when you take down a flag and replace it with another one, you've conquered. That's an invasion. That's what we're dealing with here. And then you've got people like the mayor of, of Los Angeles putting out a warning because, you know, over the weekend we were going to go around and those who had judgments coming up, those who had some, uh, they've already been through the process and they're getting ready to be deported. We were going to take those individuals and make a push to deport them over the weekend. This is what the mayor of L.A. decided to tell everybody on news media. It's unbelievable. We've all heard reports that the Trump administration is threatening to round up and deport thousands of immigrant families in cities across America this weekend. No matter their immigration status, I want every Angelino to know their rights and how to exercise them. Remember, you have the right to remain silent. You don't have to open your door to an ICE agent that doesn't have a warrant signed by a judge. 
You have the right to speak to a lawyer before signing any documents or speaking to law enforcement. And if you need help finding an attorney, you can call 311 and learn more about our Justice Fund and other resources that offer legal support. And whenever possible, keep a record of everything that happens. Take note of an officer's name and badge number, of when and where you're being questioned, so you can use that information in your own defense. And most importantly, I want you to know you do not need be afraid. Your city is on your side. And rest assured, here in Los Angeles, we are not coordinating with ICE. Our police force does not do the job of federal law enforcement. So I want to reiterate what the mayor just said. The Los Angeles Police Department is not assisting ICE in any way. We will not enforce immigration laws that are civil in nature and that fall under the jurisdiction of the federal government. Immigration is a federal matter. Safety is a police matter. And we're not going to mix those two. Everything we do is focused on what's best for the security and safety of all Angelinos and consistent with our commitment to constitutional policing and deepening our community partnerships. Simply put, we're here to protect and serve all of the people of Los Angeles, regardless of their immigration status. In Los Angeles, we draw strength from the diverse dynamic communities that call our city home. And we support immigrant families because they're our friends, neighbors, colleagues, confidants, our fellow taxpayers, local business owners, and co-workers. For us, this isn't partisan politics. It's about being a good neighbor. It's about who we are as Angelinos and who we should always be as Americans. And we will never let fear and intimidation win the day. We are in this together. And we believe that Los Angeles and the United States are places where every family should remain together, where everyone should feel safe, and where everybody belongs. Now, they wouldn't go out there and do this for DUI checkpoints, would they? No, then they can go ahead and pull you over and uh, illegally search, uh, you know, your car and do uh, illegally detain you. They can do all that stuff. But they don't mind giving you a play-by-play checklist of how to avoid, you know, arrest and how to do it the right way so that legally, if you have good lawyers, how you can get around this whole thing. I mean, it's unbelievable that this guy would say this, but that's how the left is. Combat flip-flops, bad for running, worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops is a veteran-owned company that funds education and demoning. Everything combat flip-flops manufactures is made in an area of conflict or post-conflict, like Afghanistan, Colombia, Laos. And you can check out more about combat flip-flops by checking out the TED Talk by Combat Flip-Flops CEO Matt Griffin on YouTube. You can also use the promo code SLADE25 and you will get 25% off of your first purchase. Go to CombatFlipFlops.com. That's CombatFlipFlops.com. Now we're going to get into some of the information wars that are happening. Some of the data wars, because this is the thing. The coup is on, gang. The silent coup is on. And what the silent coup is, is the removal of the citizenship question on the uh, census so that apportionment can be something that isn't based on representation and citizenship. It's based on just population, just flood the population. Maybe this is why Austin recently passed measures to allow homeless to camp in tents. Same thing in San Francisco. All of these different enclaves all these different localities and municipalities that are leftist, where people are defecating in the streets, whether it's in Oregon, you know, in Portland, whether it's in San Francisco, whether it's in that tiny little black spot, that blue spot in a red state like Texas, Austin, they're allowing people to set up tents. They're allowing them to, you know, just live in the streets. Maybe they're doing that because if apportionment isn't based on citizenship, and it's just based on population, well, then you can gain new representatives right there. And then you are starting to circumvent any sort of, you know, political wins. Same thing with the removal of the Electoral College that we talked about on a show way, way back, where states are deciding, hey, I don't care if we vote for the, this elector. I don't care if this candidate wins these Electoral College picks. We're going to go ahead and turn around and vote along with the part, uh, popular vote line. They've advocated for so much. They've used the bureaucracy to literally illegally spy on a sitting president. And now they're trying to impeach him over tweets. It's ridiculous. 
This is Adrian Slade. So we understand that the left is moving on every front possible. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I, I need to show you more, more in-depth, behind-the-scenes, insidious acts that they're doing that you may not be aware of, especially with social media. So they're fine with allowing the border to get flooded. They're fine with firebombing a detention center to which Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, this is the funny thing. She gets out there, calls these things concentration camps. Next thing you know, that narrative is just drummed and drummed. They're drinking out of toilets. It's like World War II, Nazi Germany. There's no Zyklon B, though. You know, we don't see that happening. People are coming on their own volition. They're not, they're not being, you know, bust in on, on train carts. But she gets out there, calls them concentration camps. This guy shows up, firebombs a detention center, has AR-15s with them, everything under the sun. Somebody said, why don't they know that AR-15 stands for assault rifle? I'm like, what does the 15 mean, you idiot? It's right rifle. It's not assault rifle, you moron. But that's the thing is um, they... He goes out there, firebombs the detention center, gets shot and killed by the police. You find out his manifesto basically nods to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's assessment of them being detention centers that are concentration camps. And listen to what she has to say about it. Will you condemn Antifa for the attack in Washington? It's easy to condemn a terrorist attack. Will you be condemning Antifa? They firebombed an American facility. Will you condemn them? Will you be condemning them? Do you feel like you have some responsibility in the attack with your rhetoric about concentration camps? Are you responsible? Do you feel ashamed? Oh, yeah. She said nothing because mum's the word with her. But they're fine flooding people across the border. They're fine vilifying uh, detention centers and taking down flags and raising up Mexican flags. They're fine with circumventing the census citizenship question so that allows them to count more people in districts than are, are you know, allowed and allowing them to gain more possibility at representation, hoping these people vote for the Democrat Party they're allowed, they're, they're fine with that. They're fine with also trying to get states to flip their electoral votes regardless of whether or not a presidential candidate clinches those votes to circumvent the electoral college. They're fine with doing all of that. They're also fine with attacking you on social media. And, you know, we've all heard, you know, the, the social media um, shadow bans and and being left in the dark because if you say something that is of conservative ideology, you get throttled down, you get shoved off in the distance to where no one sees it. They may even suspend you or ban you if you use certain words that may not be a violation of their terms of service. And you wonder why all of that has happened over the last couple of years. You know, in my mind, I was like, okay, well, Silicon Valley, a bunch of leftists, they all of a sudden, out of the blue, just became even more leftist and more activist, especially after everything that happened with the 2016 uh, you know, election. But there's more to it than that, and I, I can't take credit for finding this article because it was given by an extremely popular radio talk show host, but um, they know who they are. But I think even on my platform, I need to bring this up because it's, we've talked about this so much. You know, we know about the corporate fascism that's going on. This is from Spin Quirk. Spin Quirk. S-P-I-N-Q-U-A-R-K. And this is an article called Welcome to Social Government. And here's how it goes. Joe Rogan. They start out with a clip of Joe Rogan. I think they, Twitter, definitely are biased against conservative people. It's really clear that someone in the company, whether it's up to... 
uh, manual review or whether it's at the discretion of the people that are employees, without a doubt, you're dealing with people that are leaning left. Ben Shapiro, the enemy of the people. Why is Facebook answering that question from the Daily Beast? If the Daily Beast goes to Facebook and says, I want to identify, I want the identity of whomever published this Nancy Pelosi video. Why is Facebook revealing that identity? The guy didn't commit a crime. The guy didn't involve himself in a slander or liable deal. How in the world is Facebook's job to answer questions from the Daily Beast about the source of this video? Now, real quick, I'm going to step away from the article for a second because, you know, we had the social media summit. President Trump decided to have people who are, I don't want to say conservative base, you know, there's, it's just bloggers, you know, people that are podcasters, people that are citizen journalists, people that are alternative media. Some people I don't agree with, you know, I'm not a Bill Mitchell guy. <laughs> I am a Dan Bongino fan. He's good. And one of the people that were there, you know, the news media was livid about this. In fact, they got uh, one of the people from CNN went off on Sebastian Gorka and Sebastian Gorka fired back. Just listen to that. Don't be sad. Don't be sad. No, I'm just standing around. This is a group of people that are eager for demonic possession. Demonic possession. <laughs> <laughs> You're a journalist, right? That's right. Hey, come this on over here and talk to me, brother. We can go outside and have a long conversation. You're me now in the White House. I'm not You're crediting me in the Rose Garden. Get him. You are a punk. You're not a journalist. You're a punk. Go home. Go home. Hey, Gorka, get a job. Hey, just for the record, he'd kick your punk ass. <laughs> so get him, Sebastian. <laughs> but one of the things that they got mad about was the fact that somebody by the name of Carpe Dunctum was invited to this, this uh, soiree. And he just posted, just a friendly heads up, BuzzFeed is currently in the midst of a moral dilemma about whether or not they should dox me and my family. Now, when they say dox, that means they just put out all your personal information online so that people can find you and then you'll have the rage mob showing up at your house with pitchforks, you know, the crowd outside of Lot's house. He goes on and says, an act that is now commonly used, an arrow quiver in the mainstream media, I have respectfully asked that they respect my wishes. Uh, wishes. I've spoken with a reporter from BuzzFeed and they claim to have found my private Facebook profile, run a background check on me, and they're prepared to release my name to the public despite finding that I have no criminal background, nor is there any newsworthy reason to do so. I have explained to them that this is morally reprehensible. It's an act that would put not only myself in very real danger, but my family, who are very much private citizens. While I realize I have become somewhat of a public figure, my family are not. In the current political climate, I have been very lucky that many mainstream media outlets have respected my wishes to remain anonymous. This move from BuzzFeed is just the most recent in a long history of lesser outlets being used as a launch point for harassment. A follow-up suit will happen soon. So if you wonder how Vox could get Steven Crowder demonetized by just picking up the phone call on YouTube, or how that gentleman who's a forklift driver decided to put up a video about Nancy Pelosi, and next thing you know, Daily Beast is getting all his information and putting it out there in the public. This is back to the article. Good question, Ben. How is it that Facebook, who refuses to dox any of the violent Antifa terrorists that use its platform, are they happy to give up the personal details of the Facebook user who anonymously uploaded a slow video of Nancy Pelosi within minutes to some random journalist on the phone? Well, what if I told you a policy director at Facebook was Nancy Pelosi's chief of staff before taking said job directing policy at Facebook? What if I told you the head of the algorithm policy at Facebook worked for Hillary at the State Department or that the head of content policy worked for the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign? What if I told you the person in charge of privacy policy at Facebook also used to work for Al Franken before he worked for Senator Bonoff, before he worked for Congressman Obistar, or that the director in charge of countering hate and extremism at Facebook came from the Clinton Foundation? Did you know that the person at Facebook who currently oversees programs on countering hate speech and promoting pluralism and develops internal third-party education and drives thought leadership on hate speech and content mod moderation was one of Obama's policy advisors at the White House? Do you even know what pluralism is? Let me help you out. Pr pluralism is a political theory. Classical pluralism is the view that politics and decision-making 
are located mostly in the framework of government, but that many non-governmental groups use their resources to exert influence. That central question for classical pluralism is how power and influence are distributed in a political process. Groups of individuals may try to maximize their interest. Lines of conflict are multiple and shifting as power is a continuous bargaining process between competing groups. Economic pluralism. The term pluralism is generally used to contrast with so-called mainstream economics teaching, which generally only focuses on one school of economic thought called neoclassical economics. That economic teaching should include other schools of thought such as complexity, institutional post-Keynesianism, and Marxist economics. So why does Facebook have someone whose job is to show others how to use their platform as a type of privatized government and exert influence over the public? And what exactly does it mean for Facebook to exert influence over the public? It's amazing. How about YouTube? How does Lauren Southern's documentary about the border get removed from YouTube within 24 hours of posting without any reason or explanation? What if I told you a policy manager at YouTube before becoming a policy manager at YouTube was employed by Hillary for America and was a manager in Obama's campaign before that? What if I told you YouTube's global content policy lead previously worked at the DNC? Did you know that the person responsible for growing the next generation of stars on YouTube worked at the Office of Digital Strategy at the White House under Obama? So I can go on and on. It's, I mean, look this article up. Spin quirk. It's insane. But we have to realize that this is building. It's almost like the swamp infestation in the White House of Democratic Socialists that, you know, that uh, what's his name over there? Project Veritas, uh, James O'Keefe has outed all these people that are, even though Trump wins, they're pulling the bureaucracy around with their little bits of influence because of the job that they have, and they don't think they're ever going to get fired. Well, they've done the same thing with social media companies. They've all gotten gigs with social media companies, and now they're all pulling strings around. In fact, there is actually <laughs> a call by Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, the, the guy who, he's a billionaire investor, Facebook board member. He called for Google to be federally investigated for alleging, allegedly aiding the Chinese military. This is from Axios. Thiel is the tech industry's highest profile Trump supporter and one of the most powerful players in Silicon Valley. At a new event that bills itself being focused on the Trump era nationalism, which took part, uh, which part of his speech focusing on the three questions that should be asked of Google Number one, how many foreign intelligence agencies have infiltrated your Manhattan project for AI? Number two, does Google's senior management consider itself to have been thoroughly infiltrated by Chinese intelligence? Number three, is it because they consider themselves to be so thoroughly infiltrated that they have engaged in seemingly treasonous decisions to work with the Chinese military and not with the U.S. military? Because they are making a sort of bad short-term rationalistic decision that if the technology doesn't go out in front the front door, it gets stolen out the back door? He also added those questions need to be asked by the FBI and the CIA, and I'm not sure how quite to put this, but I would like them to be asked in a not excessively gentle manner. Amazing. And, you know, uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, he actually uh, wants Facebook to be looked at because Facebook has thrown out its new Libra currency it's cryptocurrency that we talked about and there's the ability for money laundering and all types of terrorist uh, funding that can be utilized through this network so social media is going to be weaponized against us beyond anything that we ever truly could have believed this portion of the program is sponsored by cat coolers so rugged it changes everything they keep ice cold for up to seven days made in the united states customizable Four different colors, white, black, yellow, even camouflage. Look, if you're going out on the lake doing some fishing, it's beach weather. Maybe you're going camping with the kids. Maybe you're in the Boy Scouts. Maybe you want to take the cooler out on the job site. For those people that work with you, this thing will keep your items cool for hours. Spring, summer, right around the corner, picnicking. Outdoor season is upon us, boys and girls. 
A cat cooler will be your new best friend. Keep your food and drink fresher, colder, longer. Go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian. Catcoolers.com. Use the promo code Adrian, and you will pick up an amazing Gibraltar-esque, sturdy, rugged cooler that will keep your items cold for hours. Now, the leftists aren't only jumping into social media and the bureaucracy. There's other media sites, other news outlets on top of social media that also have some storied connections. Something that we have to really consider. Check this out. This is from Hishmat Alvi. He is actually somebody who, uh, I guess he's been on Forbes and uh, The Hill. He said, something interesting linking New York Times to a state-run newspaper in Iran. In the New York Times website, the How to Submit a Letter to the Editor page has a telephone number, 212-556-1831. When called, you hear a series of pre-recorded instructions. When searching the domain register for Iran's daily website linked to the Mullah's regime, the registrant and administration telephone number for the domain is the same as the New York Times calling number. In addition to the phone number belonging to the New York Times, the registrant domain address is the same address as the New York Times building, 628th Avenue, New York, New York. The IranNewspaper.com domain of Iran Daily was registered by Mohammad Taghi Ragahani and the Iran Press Cultural Institute. The registering email, uh, amatfahi at gmail.com, belonging to Iran Daily IT director, Ahmed Fatih. <laughs> Amazing. According to Wikipedia, the Iran Daily is the official daily newspaper of the government of Iran, the Islamic Republic News Agency. And they own and publish for Iran. Mohammed Ragani has used the same phone number and the New York Times address to register four domains for websites in Farsi, English, and Arabic. The Iran Daily website and three other websites are registered at the Network Solutions LLC. All servers for these four websites are located in Iran. Mohammed Ragani was appointed as Iran's daily director in 2013 and turned his position over to Mohammed Faisal in March 2016. Prior to this, he was the deputy chief of Iran's officials IRNA news agency. In 2017, Mohammed Ragani was also the managing director of Hassan Rouhani's elections campaign media. I mean, amazing. We have the news media. This is the same left that loves Iran, that despises Israel. You know, the same left that would support a nuclear Iran having collusion with the New York Times. And you've got these, these four idiots, the squad, the flip mode squizod out there, and all of them have spoken anti-Semitic remarks. And, you know, Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we've been talking about how they've been pushing this whole thing, and they have caused this outrage against Donald Trump and his tweets as if that was the end of the world. Of course, they take something out of context. We've seen this cycle since he was elected. Something out of context, and they run with it, and they report it as something else, but they don't get any of the scrutiny themselves. Democratic Rep uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib, this is from Business Insider, wrote a column for the Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan's blog in 2006. Tlaib and other freshmen have recently been criticized for rhetoric and associations that they have been characterized as anti-Semitic. Of course they have. You know, I mean, think about all about the Benjamins there. Ilhan Omar, we did a whole special on her. You can go back and listen. So basically the gist of the entire show is the left is allowing or wanting open borders so that they can flood the United States with illegals, change populations, run census without any sort of citizenship which will change apportionment, allow more representatives to be brought to the forefront. The leaders of the, of the charge are the squad, Obama, uh, you know, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, Ayanna Presley. I mean, no one knows who she is. Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. And then on the other side of the coin, they're all embedding themselves 
into the bureaucracy as they've been doing under Obama. But now they've been embedding themselves within social media platforms at every level. And then they've got their, our news media hooked up with foreign governments who are hostile to America. It makes you think they're really on the march to destroy this country. But one of the things you have to take solace in is that they can silence us. They can remove us from social media. They can deplatform people. You know, you've got, I mean, this is an example. This is a CNN reporter. Listen to what he said in his tweet. I reached out this morning to Amazon, Apple, Walmart, Target, Nike, Under Armour, Levi's for thoughts on Trump's racist comments and about the four minority congresswomen. Target declined to comment, and so far, no response from the others. Yeah, they don't need to respond to this. Why are you asking them this? Unless you want to cause an economic boycott. I mean, there, there is no, they're doing their own version of economic sanctions. You know, they're, they're not allowing somebody like Robert Spencer to be able to receive revenue through his Jihad Watch web, website because they want to destroy him economically. But then they're going to put Richard Spencer, the white nationalist racist, on CNN and interview him about Donald Trump. So keep in mind, even though they're going to run us out of social media and they're going to run us out of the economic square and they're going to push us out of the public square, they're going to you know, bark at us in, in, uh, in, in restaurants and if you're wearing a MAGA hat, they're going to attack you. We are the silenced majority, not just the silenced majority or the silent majority, but the silenced one. Listen to what CNN did. They stepped in it when they had these four individuals uh, they actually had a, a panel of women come on the program and they wanted to ask them about what they thought about Donald Trump's tweets. How many of you, how many of you don't think what the president said was racist? Raise your hand. These eight Republican women from Dallas don't see anything wrong with President Trump telling four Democratic congresswomen to go back where they came from. He was saying that if they hate America so much because what we're seeing out of them and hearing out of them, they hate America. If it's so bad, there's a lot of places they can go. I'm a brown-skinned woman. I am a legal immigrant. I agree with him. You don't think that's racist to say no, that? Not at all. No. Actually, I think it's I, just no. it's a demonstration of how their ideology spills over. Even though they're American now, so to speak, they're not acting American. They I'm glad that the president said what he said because all they're, they're doing is... It, they're they're it's they're inciting hatred and division, and that's not what our country's about. We, it, it's it's not about that at all. And but I don't. Isn't that what the president does with some about. of his own comments, his own racist comments? But he didn't say anything about color. We know the president is not racist. He he loves people from you know Hispanics to black people all across the board. Let me just share with you the definition of racism from Merriam-Webster Dictionary: mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a belief that race is the primary determinant of human traits and capacities, and that racial differences produce an inherent superiority of a particular race. Based on that definition, do you not think what the president has been saying no. to these? No, he dated a black woman for two years. Two of his wives are immigrants. He is not a xenophobic racist. If the first black billionaire is endorsing President Trump, yeah. how can you call him racist? So these congressmen, these congressmen who said they ran for Congress, ran for office because they explicitly love this country, you're saying that's a lie. So yes. they say. You're saying they hate this country. Yes. Have you ever wrote these questions up? It's clearly that they're very manipulative to yep. accuse as a, instead of extracting the truth. It's a tactic. Because when you it say, is. you know, don't you think he's racist? You're accusing us. You're accusing him. I'm not asking. I'm not accusing. <clears throat> I'm asking you what but you think. But you can tell. We, okay. It's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the real issue. It has nothing mm -hmm. to do with the premise of the issues here. Exactly. Nothing. And whenever someone... The color of the fork. Why do you keep bringing it up? Do you think it's just a coincidence that yes. these four congresswomen that the president is going after, none of them are white? Yes, these I don't think it matters. Yeah. It's idiotic well, it what they're saying. It, so it doesn't matter whether they're white, man, woman, brown, yellow, anything. I wish that there was a white one that they, they, um, why are they not racist? How come they haven't befriended one of their white female 
congresswoman colleagues and Correct. let her join because they won't. That's a good point. They right. don't like white people. Come on. They're racist. Yeah. How many of you still plan to vote for President Trump? Absolutely. Absolutely. They all raised their hands. They put the blonde women up front because I think CNN was trying to typecast these people, make them look like, oh, this is the typical white bread, blonde hair, blue eyed women. Of course, they're going to vote for Trump. They didn't factor in the brown skin one. She said it herself. But take solace in the fact that no matter what they do on social media, no matter if they're going to wage this war against the American citizens who voted overwhelmingly for the president, even though I didn't even vote for him, but guess what? They're pushing my vote for him next time. We still have a vote. We still have the power. They work for us. And what's going to end up happening is they're going to end up creating their bubble even bigger, and that bubble's going to get popped on the next election. And it's going to explode in their face, and the outrage will continue for four more freaking years. Sponsor for this portion of the program is Atron Teal. No, it wasn't made by Tron, but it has a crazy name with incredible results. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, proven to deliver relief from bloating and symptoms related to IBS in over four out of five people. It's made from the most potent polyphenol blends, which are essential for people suffering from autoimmune diseases. Entrantil is broken down by your gut to help your entire body. Entrantil's 90 capsule box is normally $39.95, but when you buy three boxes with our coupon code, you get three months supply of bloating and digestive relief for only $99. Save over $20 on three boxes of Entrantil. So make sure you get over to lovemytummy.com slash mojo, lovemytummy.com slash mojo, and pick up your three boxes of Atrontil. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo 5 Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to mojo50.com. Every Wednesday, 10 p.m., you can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m., Sunday morning, midnight. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted. And be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review that's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parlor, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.